Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, this is uh, this is where we used to do a cold open, but we're not doing that. So uh, I'll just start the show. I hey, said, "You say <laughs> what could make me feel this way, Mago? <laughs> what on earth was that? Did you just sing Mugger to the tune of My Girl? No, yeah. did it sound like Mugger? Yeah, yeah, it did yeah definitely. <laughs> yeah. Okay, like this. But Mago, I was extent. Does that? I recommend that if you are mugged, you sing that song <laughs> because <laughs> they will probably give you back your money and then some. Mugger, mugger, mugger. talking about mugger. Okay, mugger. what's the code word? Rain in Spain. Rain, rain, the rain, rain in Spain. Spain. Rain in Spain, everybody. Let's start. <laughs> Let's oh here we go. Yeah, you know what? I can't believe you're you're like oh, you're no. taking control. Let's start. We were about to start, and you started singing for some <laughs> odd reason. We were really the professionalism was ringing through, and then yeah, I don't know what the fuck that was. It just came <laughs> into my head, so I went yeah. with it. That's that's a great way to perform. All right, let's yeah. go ahead. <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> and get started. <laughs> Coming to you live from our house in Los Angeles. sunshine. God damn it. <laughs> on a rainy. Sorry. Just Yeah, in, in in the darkest alley. We're talking are we still doing mugger or are we going right back to the original? Ah. Uh, no, I just made that up. Oh, great. great. <laughs> All Why right, did somebody else do a song like that? Yes, they did. I think it was oh, uh, the Temptations yeah. or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Not not that one. Okay. Coming to you live from our house. Nothing in Los- you can say can oh, take me away from my guy, my guy. Bonnie, have you just you've just segued from my girl to my guy? Yeah. Yeah. She's fluid. Are we in the seventies? I hope I got the period right for later in the show. You did not. Oh. <laughs> Both of those songs are from the 60s. But uh, <laughs> well, thanks for playing, Bonnie. Well, be prepared. Uh, uh, Tony, tell, tell her what she's won for participating but uh, not getting anything right. I wasn't paying attention. 
Wow. We are a highly oiled machine. <laughs> oh, what were you Googling? I haven't done my homework for today's show. Yeah. Oh. Huh. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and yet and yet you feel okay about being here with the others who are, who are prepared and responsible? Wow. I I'll be, I'll be prepared. For the 70s? You haven't done your 70s thing. No, you no. saying that reminded Tony of what she has to do. <laughs> if I can translate for you. All right. Tony, Tony, answer the phone. Hello? Hi, Tony, it's me, Miss Nancy. And I understand that you're not prepared for the show and that you hadn't yet done your homework. Vivian Barbara has done her homework. Russell, Russell, sit down. Russell has done his homework. Flower Stamen, a new student from California, has done his homework. Tony, what makes you feel that you can be on the show without being prepared? There's time, Miss Nancy. I'll get it done before the segment starts. By not listening to your partners <laughs> on the show? Is that your plan? To not listen? We're just in the cold open. Which we're not doing it. We're, we're not do doing it. If open. you had listened, you would understand that we're not doing a cold open anymore. I apologize. I'll be more prepared next time, Miss Nancy. You know what? In the past, you've been one of my star students. <laughs> but this. Oh, man. Frankly, Tony, I'm disappointed. <laughs> it's been a stressful time in the whole house. It's been a stressful time because you've been on another fucking cruise. <laughs> Russell, don't you repeat that. Ms. Nancy, we have to start the show if that's okay. Uh, all right, uh, go ahead, start the show. Goodbye, Miss Nancy. Bye, Miss Nancy. Bye, Miss Nancy. I guess you said <laughs> what can make me feel this way. <laughs> <laughs> Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, everybody loves park rangers, but do we know what they actually do? I mean, obviously 90% of their job is focused on stopping sardonic hat and necktie wearing bears from stealing picnic baskets. I mean, that's obvious. But what's the other 10% of the job? And could Paula Poundstone do it? Real-life ranger, Deller Yurchik, joins us for Career Corner. And then, you love our potluck info party, but what about if some of our information is just plain made up? It's Potluck Info Party, our all-new George Santos edition. <laughs> I'm Adam Felber. This show's vigilant ranger, finding stray thoughts and notions and gently directing them back on the path to conversational coherence. And now, please welcome this park's main attraction, a one-woman geyser of non-sequiturs and distraction that erupts faithfully every week. It's Paula Poundstone. Hey, you guys. 
Uh, hi, Adam, and welcome to tonight's house band, Wesley David, on the Wurlitzer Synthesizer. Wesley is a Pennsylvania-based singer, songwriter, artist, touring musician, and piano bar entertainer. His new EP, Satori, was produced by Tom Flowers of Journey fame in Santa Barbara. It's available on Spotify and all platforms. Ha, tell me something I don't know about Wesley. You knew all that, did you? I knew all of that. Of course I did. Hey, Paula Poundstone, what's new with you? That I don't know. All right, I learned something the other day that could be a big breakthrough for our show. There's a company named Ericsson. I think it's a Swedish company. Um, it's uh, Electronics-y. They created a Girl Scout badge for Girl Scouts. And what the Girl Scouts had to do to earn the badge was basically advertised for Ericsson. The, the various tasks they could do were like, they could make videos talking about how safe the 5G technology was because people, some people fear that it's uh, radioactive. Is that what they're worried about? I think they, they worry about the radiation from it, yeah. That's the word, radiation. Thank you. Uh, so that was one of the, they could make videos. They could, uh, you know, share with their friends about the safety of the Ericsson uh 5G products, and they would earn a badge, you know, like they earn for baking or or sewing. Although I think there is an argument that that's kind of slimy. At the same time, if you kind of put blinders on to that, we could have a nobody listens to Paula Poundstone Girl Scout badge. <laughs> Right? You know how we're always trying to increase our numbers? This could yeah. be just the way. <laughs> if if the Girl Scouts shared with their friends and encouraged them, sort of like a simple, simple dialogue, if they encouraged their friends to be listeners... That, I um, think you should think bigger, not just encouraging their friends. They should create little video advertisements and post them on social media. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Isn't that a great idea? Yeah. you could, Hey, Girl Scouts, you could win a Poundstone badge. Yeah, we can partner up. You know what? Girl Scouts, forget about the cookies for a while. We got something bigger, something <laughs> something more meaningful. You, you, you don't want to just be giving people bad teeth and, and, and gaining weight. This, this can make the world connected in a healthy way because I feel that we are... A, a mentally healthy podcast. I do. <laughs> oh, I, I, I do too. Uh, hey, you know what, Girl Scouts? Though, send your your social media posts are your are the links to it and and your advertisements. Take photos of it and send it to us at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail dot com, and you may win. Earn. You have to. You don't win. You earn it. You may you earn win your you Paula Poundstone badge. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. I. You know, I was a brownie. That's the runway. That's pre-Girl yeah. Scout. I was a Cub uh, Scout. I know I know the drill. Yeah. I yeah. was a campfire and, girl. Oh, I remember. <laughs> of course. Yeah, we hollow or something. <laughs> Camp Coloqua. Wohilo. Yeah. That's how you said hello and goodbye. Oh, yeah. Wohilo. I almost forgot. I was kicked out of the Cub Scouts. Really? Uh -oh. you, behavior problem? I was a little bit of a behavior problem, but the final straw wasn't my, my fault. I mean... I had a, a German Shepherd puppy, and we had to build these balsa wood racers. And my puppy just—you know how puppies just chew everything. They—they they yeah. chew everything. So I was yeah. in—I went to the meeting, and the den mother, Mrs. Rogan, asked me, "Adam, where's your balsa wood racer?" And I said, "My dog ate it." And everybody laughed. And she said, "You know what? If I were your teacher, 
I wouldn't let you go to fourth grade next year. I would make you stay back in third grade because you have an attitude. Oh, my God. What was her name? Mrs. Rogan. Yeah. Uh, My guess is Mrs. Rogan was on to something. What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I do kind. Yeah, I do kind of feel like if people had heeded Mrs. Rogan's warning, um, that you know, things might be different now for you. Uh, I I would have repeated third grade. Yeah. 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 Mrs. (laughs) Mrs. Rogan was an early interventionist um, that no one paid any attention to. And you know what? Her Um, son was a. Was was a bully. So I'll just come right out and say it. Yeah, you know why? Because in the Cub Scouts, beating up your den mates, uh, you got a badge for that in the Cub Scouts. And the brownies we made sit-upons. What's that? Yeah, uh, a sit-upon, don't tell me you don't remember. Um, <laughs> you used newspaper that you rolled up each page and made like a, a strip. And then you wove those strips together and then you put uh, polyethylene around that. And then you had a polyethylene sash that tied around it and you tied it around your waist dangling over your butt. And when you sat down, you sat upon it. <laughs> I think she made that up. I didn't make that up. No, she didn't make no. it up. Tony, craft expert, Tony. <laughs> did, did I make that up? You, of course not. She did not make it up. What What happens when you sit on it? It doesn't sound like it's a cushion or anything. That way there, you, if you're like sitting on the grass, for example, you're not going to get your butt wet. It's a sit upon. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's actually, I don't really have furniture in my house. We just, all of the guests receive a sit upon. Anyway, isn't that a great idea, though, that we could? So, no. uh, so Girl Scouts, please contact us. Um, you can earn a Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone promotion badge. Which, uh, which uh, Paul assistant Wendell will be happy to sew for you. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, no question about <laughs> yeah, that. And no question about that. Hey, let's go around the horn and talk to everybody because, you know, we've got this wonderful new year that we're just starting to explore here in January. And uh, I want to see how everybody's doing. Tony need a hull in Sherman Oaks. Yes. Besides doing <laughs> your homework late. She's be- you must have been so busy, Tony. Is that why? Because you were so busy? So much has happened. My bedroom flooded. No. Yeah, it flooded. I came home on Sunday and there was just water everywhere. So I cleaned it up. My landlord came over and my landlord knows a guy. And they came over and the floorboards have popped up and they're just like, don't cut yourself on the floorboards. And then they left. (gasps) Wow. (laughs) They didn't fix it? No. They said it likely came from the ground. So water came up from the ground. Mm-hmm. Because my bed was dry. Wow. So there's that. I got COVID again, kids. Be safe wow. out there. I was. I just thought I had allergies. I've had five shots. I wear my mask everywhere, but I got it again. The new strain's fairly contagious, so be careful. Yeah, it is very contagious. On day six, I took a COVID test, fine. And then the next day, I took another COVID test. I tested positive. It's just been a lot of things happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What did you do after you discovered that you had COVID? Did you stay in bed? I stayed inside. Uh-huh. And were you isolated? Yes. And yet you couldn't do your homework for the show. <laughs> Is that correct? <laughs> and then I floored, like, it just, I don't know. It's just, I, whatever. Yeah. I don't have yeah. to explain myself to any of you. Well, Tony and Nina, what has come over you since you've had the COVID the second time? It's a calumny. What's happened is a, a, yeah. a calumny. 
My cat's been keeping me awake at night. It's just a lot. It's just been a lot. It would ever possess you to blame your cat for your <laughs> calumnous behavior. That just, that just makes it worse, Tony. We're going to turn embarrassedly away from Tony and Hall and Sherman Oaks. And can't leave the apartment, but does not have time to think about the 1970s. And we're going to go up to, and this is always an adventure, up to the Simi Valley and... <laughs> Say a hearty hello to Paula Zop, Paula's manager, our producer, beloved character, Captain Crinkle. Bonnie Burns, how are you and what's new? Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime gal. I'm good. We should do a whole musical episode of Nobody. Oh, my gosh. Where I just respond in song. You know, I had a friend, I think, you know, I've talked about her before on the show. She was one of Cher's backup singers, Mavis Vegas Davis. Right. Yeah. And anyway, she used to talk in cat talk. So you'd ask her stuff like, hey, how are you? Meow. Oh, yeah. You told us that before. And I always thought that was really fucking weird. And the way that she made the (laughs) emphasis, you could actually tell what she was saying. Ask me how what? I'm doing. How you doing, Bonnie? Meow. I, I, you know what? I like the inaccurate singing even better. Oh my gosh. Uh, okay. Little... So, last night when we were in our production meeting that we do before the show, and we yes. were talking about going around the horn, so I made some notes about what I was going to talk about, and they, I thought they were oh, really clever. Like, oh, this will really be good. You, you decided you'd tell the friend who talked like a cat story again. Meow. Meow. So anyway. <laughs> and you actually spent time with this person who did that? <laughs> you never said maybe you could grow up, Mavis Bavis? You know, she was a real character and it was really fun to be around her. I'll bet she thought she was a real character. <laughs> Anybody who is meowing at you thinks they're a real character. I'll tell you something. I don't even like it when my cats meow, let alone uh, yeah. trying to talk to a friend. And then meow. Yeah. <laughs> Meow. Yeah. See, you could tell. That was a no. Did she uh, ever poop in front of the pantry door? Because one of my cats does that. Meow. Uh, Oh, my God. Bonnie, the only reason I know that you're saying no with that meow is that you're shaking (laughs) your head broadly in a musical-like fashion. (laughs) Well, maybe I knew her better than you did. I guess. Yeah. I have a lot of fun stories about her. Yeah. Okay. Wait, wait, what were the notes that you wrote? I couldn't find those, but I was looking through my pad because I I remember writing them down. All I could find was oval, dash, rectangular, not round, shades of blue, lavender, rose, and gray, V-A-R-D-W-Z-B-L-K-C-E plus 225. Bonnie, answer the phone. Okay. Meow. No, no, Bonnie, it's me, Miss Nancy. You do not talk like a cat. That's very immature. And what the fuck are you reading? Okay, it took me a while to figure it out. I'm looking for new glasses frames, and I had researched what kind of glasses you should have if you have an oval face and my skin tone, and apparently that's what I was told. So I wrote well, you that You researched down. what kind of glasses you should have if you have an oval face? <laughs> By the way, are there people who don't have an oval face? Yeah, there's yeah. heart shape. I think square. Round. Like Carly no. Simon had a square face. Uh, Doesn't no. Mick Jagger have a square face? 
Maybe the Lego version of Mick Jagger has a square face. <laughs> yeah. No, there are not. No, pretty much everybody's face is oval. <laughs> okay. Here's a, probably a little known fact. Mick Jagger and Carly Simon had an affair. And one of the reasons they were attracted to each other was because they look very similar, including their lips, except oh. his had more of a reddish color. How do you know that's why they were attracted to each other? Because I'm listening to her autobiography. And she said in it, I was attracted to Mick because he looked like me. Yeah, that's what she said. Bonnie, I think that's the first thing that you've mentioned that actually took place in the 70s. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but that doesn't matter. Wasn't that the 70s? Oh, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, because she married James Taylor in the 70s. And the night before she was supposed to be married, she had a little thing with Mick Jagger. Oh, oh, I think maybe she wow. didn't go do the whole thing. They had a little fling. Anticipation. Okay, so I've done all my <laughs> 70s stuff. When you get to the 70s, I don't even need to You've done one anything. 70s thing. <laughs> Everything else is no, a you've different got, decade, and even that one's not a confirmed <laughs> sighting. Well, I'm glad we went and visited Bonnie. And that's- Excuse me. Yes. Bonnie, I'm still on the line. <laughs> oh, Miss Nancy's still on the line. You don't have good phone manners either. Uh, All right, Miss Nancy has to go. Goodbye, Miss Nancy. Thank you for dropping by. Wait, you cut her off so quickly. That was pretty rude. And you know what? I'll tell you something. I have a classroom full of second graders, (laughs) and every one of them has better manners than you people. That's fair. That's fair. Russell, Russell, don't do what they do. Bye, Miss Nancy. All right. Well, I think that that kind of like takes us as far as we need to go. I don't have that much news to report. You don't? Well, oh, you know what? I do have a piece of news to report. My cover band is having a gig for the first time since COVID. Well, that's very exciting. We're playing this weekend in a parking lot in Valley Village, California, and you're all invited. Yay. That's nice. So I'll see you all there. Yeah. Are you selling tickets? Uh, No, it's free. It's a free event. There's a big community mural painting thing happening, and there's going to be food trucks and activities, and and my band will be playing about an hour-long set. What era is your repertoire from? Uh, Mostly the 70s. No, no, I'm just (laughs) kidding. I'm kidding. Um, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and we even have three songs from this very century. Do you play My Girl? Because I know a vocalist. <laughs> we we don't play My Girl, but uh, if somebody wants to show up and, and sing Mugger, they're welcome to. When you said you were playing in a parking lot, I really pictured, like, no particular event, just you and your friends playing in a parking lot. Well, that would be cool, too, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, if you're not going to come out and expand your mind with the, the, the very great songs from The Lockdown, let's at least expand our vocabularies with Paula Poundstone. Oh, there we go. If you guys didn't notice, I, I slipped in the band name. We've now renamed ourselves The Lockdown. Oh, Ooh. no, I didn't know that's what that was. Wow. Well, we were going to call ourselves Super Spreader, but then COVID burst onto the scene again, and it wasn't as funny. But why wouldn't you call yourselves Dad Band Land? Because that's, that's a podcast. That's unrelated. I know, but it's, it's product identification. Yeah, that's true. You know, repetitive, people hear that title, they think of the podcast, there's connection. You, well, that, that's why we need a mind like yours on the case, Bonnie. Oh, boy. You never listen to me about marketing, and Paula has a hard time, too. 
What am I to have a hard time? I read books and then I'll say to you, like the thing about the callback, and then you go, you read those stupid books and then you think that's what everybody's supposed to do. The callback. I have no idea what you're talking about. It sounds like a conversation for another time, though. Yes, it really does. Listeners, if you go over to our Facebook page, you will find a beautiful artist rendering a part of Adam, Tony Anita Hull, and Captain Crinkle. I'm going to ask each of them yet again the meaning of a former nobody listens to Paula Ponson vocabulary word. And for each correct answer, they will receive an additional body part until they have earned for themselves an invaluable portrait. Exciting. I'm going to start by asking Tony Anita Hull the meaning of a former nobody listens to Paula Poundstone vocabulary word. And to make it fair, I'm asking Bonnie and Adam to take your headphones off until I signal you back on Zoom. Bonnie, I'll signal you with one finger and Adam, I'll signal you with two fingers. That's fair. Okay, Tony, are you ready? I'm ready. The word is opsimath. Um, Is this someone who learns later in life? Fantastic. It's a noun that means a person who begins or continues to study or learn late in life. Fantastic. Yeah, Bunny, the word is opsimath. Didn't we have that? Yes. About- I've done the same word three times for you guys, and, <laughs> and still you don't remember it. So the whole idea here is that we're trying to make sure we remember it. Opsimath. Wasn't Trump the example when you did it before? No. Okay, opsimath. Um, Trump wasn't the example? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I think I'm going to say a kind-feeling person. Um, No. (laughs) 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 And what you said stubborn for was the word obdurate. Oh, yeah. Not for opsimath. (laughs) Yeah. We've been working at these words for, I would say, maybe two months. And and these are words that we've used before on our show. And and this is the fourth word in two months. Uh, So, yeah, no, uh, opsimath. Um, Tony, why don't you tell Bonnie what opsimath means? It's a noun, and it's a person who learns later in life. Yeah, it's a person who begins or continues to study or learn late in life. I remember last show I said, after you defined it, oh, I'm an opsimath. Yeah, but you are not Trump. Do you see that? (laughs) Yeah. You know what? They're really hard to remember. These words, the only one that stuck with me is horloge. Which means? Time Peace. Yeah, uh, yeah, very good. I, fi- I have the exact same problem, Bunny. They are hard to remember. All right, Adam Felber. I'm signaling Adam Felber. Uh, I was gone for a long time. Opsimath is the word. Opsimath. Yeah. Oh, this is embarrassing because I know we just did opsimath, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Oh. Oh, somebody who, uh, who uh, can learn stuff really late in life. Wow. Uh, Yeah. It's a noun that means a person who begins or continues to study or learn late in life. Uh, Congratulations to Tony and Adam. Wait, Bonnie didn't get it? (laughs) No. No. Uh, But but that's that's all right. I have to make a note to myself (laughs) to add body parts to Tony and Adam. I want to point out that, Paula, you did add some facial hair for me, uh, finally. 
I did. I couldn't remember how your facial hair looked, but it's, I put in some. Uh, yeah. It's not a. It's not a suggestion. It was just all I could remember. Yeah, I, I don't know why I had to wait for it special, whereas Bonnie and Tony got hair just for free. Yeah, well, what I ended up doing is giving you mine. Your facial hair? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And I, I, may um, I say, Paula, you look great clean shaven now. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, all yeah. right. Well, there you have it. Well, that's it. wonderful. Yeah, well, you know what, guys? Ricky Schroeder once said, if I weren't an actor, I'd be a park ranger. And uh, what we're wondering is, is that career path open to Paula even without... A silver spoon. <laughs> 70s reference, Bonnie. We'll find out on Career Corner when we come back. And now, a news update from the dental chair. There is some speculation that your dental does not need glasses. This has been a news update from the dental chair. Hey, Paula. You know, every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of a midsummer night's dream okay and i played i played peter quince there there's the connection one of the mechanicals that's a great connection also yes has nothing to do with this which is that um quince is an online clothing store and as you know paula i've uh, i've lost a little weight lately oh right 75 pounds yeah so i literally have no clothes that are in my size until i just ordered some stuff at quince and i figured like here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself a whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got yes. the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got oh. the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i I think my eyes closed they're so it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that, too. Like, so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're European. Keep that in mind. Uh, oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kinds. Of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. Quince sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? 
They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh my Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress with my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. 
That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. On this day in unremarkable history, Chris Christofferson said, Bobby, sometimes I just want to play the harmonica. You don't always have to sing along. I was playing softly on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) And a big thank you to our house band, Wesley David. We are back. So, Paula, now that COVID has kind of cleared, you've kind of rejoined your never-ending tour. How's it going? Well, COVID hasn't cleared by the way, just no, to, no. To, just to be scientifically accurate, if I could draw your attention to Tony Anita Hull, um, right, or your wife, uh, or your mother-in-law, uh, sure. yeah, COVID hasn't cleared. Sure enough, um, sure enough. Adam, you know I love most things about being a stand-up comic. The audience is my best friend. Laughter is healing, and the sound of laughter is better than gold. But God, I hate the self-promotion part. I get so sick of saying, on Friday, February 3rd, I'm going to be in blah, blah, blah. I mean, I hate that part. Sometimes I hate it so much. I wonder, should I do another job? Could I do another job? Nature's good for people, too. And I love people. Maybe I could be a national park ranger. What? A what? A A national park ranger. Well, Paula Poundstone, this is uncanny, but we have a very special guest here who can give you some insight into that very career path. No. Yeah, you were just idly speculating, but there it is. That is coincidence in a fruit roll. Uh, That's amazing. It's time for Career Corner, everyone, where we learn about the wide world of jobs. Would you like to be a fireman? How about a train engineer? Maybe you'd like to make a living as a spot welder. What can you do with your life? Career Corner has the answer. This week, let's explore a career as a park ranger. (laughs) Here to help Paula discover if she could make it in the high-stakes, fast-paced world of park rangering, we have Grand Canyon National Park Ranger Della Yurchik. Yes, since 2004, Ranger Yurchik has served as a backcountry law enforcement officer and an advanced life support provider, flight medic, short haul, and technical rescuer. She serves regularly at Phantom Ranch, one of the most remote high-traffic ranger stations in the National Park Service, and recently won the Harry Yount Award for excellence in the field of rangering. Please welcome Della Yurchik, everyone. Yay! Della, Della, are you called Ranger Yurchik? Uh, a lot of times people will call me Ranger Della. Better. Ah, Ranger Della. <laughs> All right. Um, most of us have no idea what a park ranger does. Our only real exposure has been to the guy who tried to keep Yogi Bear in line. What, Ranger Della, drew you to this work? My parents took me to the Grand Canyon when I was 25, and I fell in love with Green Canyon and decided I should be a park ranger. I used to work at the bottom at Phantom Ranch and met another ranger there named Tammy Keller and saw her rescuing and saving lives and getting to help people and decided that's what I should do. And that's a great part of the job, getting to help folks. Wait, so you were 25 
when you got interested and then what kind of formal education, like what would I need to become a ranger? What, what did you have to do? Does she have to go to ranger college? <laughs> you could, <laughs> well, you want to have a bachelor's degree and there are some trainings to go to for law enforcement. And then an EMT uh, is helpful to have and the park could train you in that. Um, so there are a few certificates and trainings that you would need to get. And what qualities uh, do you think make the best park rangers? Really enjoying working with people. I think that a lot of times people think park rangers that were like with the Yogi Bear, were working with animals. And you're really spending <laughs> a lot of time working with people and helping all the people that come and uh, need assistance from us. But you must be trying to persuade certain bears not to steal certain baskets. <laughs> Occasionally, Adam, yes. <laughs> okay, just need to know that. I looked at the announcement of your 2022 National Park Service Harry Yount Award and the qualities and achievements that were listed. Uh, one of them was mentoring new rangers. So yeah. think of me, think of me as a new ranger. What do you tell me to train me at my first day of work at the, at the Grand Canyon? Well, we would get out in the field, and if it was summertime, we'd be dealing with a lot of heat-related emergencies. So at Grand Canyon, there's a lot of folks that end up getting heat exhaustion. We get a lot of hyponatremia, which is a low sodium from people not eating enough food and just drinking water. And so we would get out in the field, and I would uh, show you how to look for some of the symptoms and signs and uh, things to do to help cool people off. So that's one of the first things that I would do. Do you carry salty chips? (laughs) <laughs> yes, and Paula, I remember listening to one of your shows recently, and you talked about how you like chips. And so I love, we, we I, in, oh, yes, we encourage Pringles, any kind of potato chips, Fritos, but potato chips, we give them out to visitors wow. to try and prevent hyponatremia. Wow, because I'm going through a very big ruffles <laughs> fr- phase right now. Yeah, Paula eats uh, enough Doritos to, to make sure that, that won't be a problem for her. But uh, yeah, Rangerdella, how can you tell somebody who's... Um, dehydrated from somebody who just needs some potato chips? What's the difference? What are the symptoms? You know, they could actually be both. Um, But you have to do some questioning and find out exactly how much fluid they've taken in. But you need to ask both a lot of questions for folks to find out what what they've been doing. And so we actually see hyponatremia and dehydration both. And so you have to ask a lot of questions of the visitors. Are they similar symptoms? They can be similar symptoms because when it's super hot out, everyone feels nauseous. They get headaches. They don't feel well. And so you start cooling people off. So the first thing you do is cool them off and get them to get in the water. And a lot of folks don't realize they need to lay in the creeks and really cool down. And then we kind of go from, yeah, and then go from there to try and figure out, do they need fluids or do they need salts or do they need both? Because sometimes they need both. So did you just find them like laying on the trail? Sometimes you do. Sometimes they're collapsed on the side of the trail uh, or they're laying there um, on the side of the trail on their hands and knees just vomiting. Um, vomiting oh, is a very sakes. common. Yeah, that's a very common symptom for for uh, being overheated and dehydration and too much fluid. Well, that's disgusting. Too much and too little fluid. <laughs> yeah, you can if, have too much or too little. <laughs> if I'm going to deal with vomit, I'll be an Uber driver. Wait a minute. This, it never even occurred to me. Yeah, it, it never even occurred to me that vomit was one of the things that you had to deal with as a ranger. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, man, that's gross. Um, well, you don't have to uh, clean it up. You're in the middle of a park. Yeah, but you can't just leave it there. Sure you can. Bears love it. No, you can't. Sure you no, can. That's gross. No, Della, you do you can't. clean it up or not? 
Well, if we're on the side of the trail, I'm not going to clean it up. But if they came into the little clinics at the ranger station, then yes, I would clean it up. Oh, of course. But who comes in to vomit? That's I, that's you. Uh, they do. They do. Oh, they do. <laughs> they do. Besides vomiting dehydrated, low salt people, what else is are you and Paula going to discover on your first walkabout? Oh, we're going to meet junior rangers. And so we have junior ranger bullets and the little ones can come in. I just warned some five-year-olds down at Phantom Ranch and we get to go through the booklet with them and have them take the junior ranger pledge and give them a badge and a patch. And that's pretty awesome. Oh, that sounds great. You know, we're about to partner with the Girl Scouts uh, where uh, they they could earn a badge uh, for promoting our podcast, but that's another topic altogether. I love the idea that what's in the oath that the junior rangers take. Well, they promise to learn all they can about the park and to protect the park. And I usually make them promise to not text and drive as just a little addition on my end. Nice. Oh, there you go. Do they earn yeah. badges? Yeah, they get a little Grand Canyon. It's a little Junior Ranger badge, and they also get a patch. It's a scorpion, and it glows in the dark. And I will be happy to send some to y'all. That sounds very cool. Now, when they take this oath, would there be a punishment if they tried to overturn the national park? Uh, because I'm just <laughs> thinking about some adults huh. that I know yeah. that took an oath. <laughs> and then tried to overturn. Yeah. Yes. Ah. Uh, yeah, that's not allowed. Is that correct? It's, not, to, it's not allowed, and they're usually pretty small, so yeah. and they you have can kind of control them. They have to protect the park. They took an oath. That's um, right. Yes, that is, they should protect it. All right, so we, so, all right, so we look for people laying on the side of the trail. Or vomiting. Um, we look for vomiting, <laughs> and we swear in junior rangers. So far, I'm loving my new job, except for the vomit. What about wildlife? You and Paula are going to be walking around. There's going to be, I don't know, bears and stuff. Uh, not a lot of bears. Bighorn sheep. Uh, I saw some co California condors today. A lot of deer. We have ringtail cats, fox, bobcat. There are mountain lions, but they are very uh, elusive. The California condor is back in, in full now? They have many at Grand Canyon National Park, and they've done a release program there. So they released them up at uh, Marble Canyon, and I saw three flying around today when I hiked out. So, yeah, it's quite, quite, quite a common sight at Grand Canyon National Park. And I think we all want to thank George Santos for that. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask a sort of uh, just a sidebar question about Phantom Ranch. Why do they call it that? Some say that it's because it's actually haunted by a phantom, and some say the old caretaker just wants to scare people away. What is Phantom Ranch? It's a um, a little his historic resort at the bottom of Grand Canyon, and so there are cabins that folks could stay in, and there's a little uh, dining hall and a canteen, and so the mule riders that ride to the bottom of the Grand Canyon come down the Bright Angel Trail, and they spend the night, and there's little cabins. They get to eat their meals in the canteen. They get to take a shower, and then hikers can also go in, and you can buy a beer. You can get a t-shirt, and it's just a little oasis down at the bottom of the Grand Canyon, and uh, Mary Jane Coulter designed the buildings back in the early 1920s. Didn't they have a problem at one time with um, donkeys in the in the Grand Canyon? Didn't they like airlift them out or something? They did. There were the burrows, and they did airlift them out. And uh, I think a lot of adopted burrows. And uh, I've even come across burrow poop years ago hiking out in the backcountry and saw some from when they had been there before. 
It was because they were eating the flora and the fauna. Was that yes, why they took them Yes, and then just uh, too, too, too many. Uh, no population control. Oh, so Paula, you know a lot about this stuff. You're you're halfway there. I know. You know what? I I just remembered a friend that was involved in taking them out, and so when she mentioned the donkeys, I I thought of that. I am really picturing myself being a ranger, by the way. Um, I mean, so far. You have to come. I think oh, that I'm, you should come, and we'll hike down, and you can do spend a day, and we'll hike into the Grand Canyon. I love that idea. All right, when should I come? In um, the spring. And the spring is the best time to come, I think. Spring or fall. Summer's too hot. You know, it gets 115 at the bottom, wow. so it's not as it's not as fun as people imagine. Well, it's not very breezy down there, I'm guessing, because it's a can. Yeah, and the rocks hold the heat, so it's just Oof. pretty darn hot. Yeah. Sons of bitches. You know what, guys? Um, Harrison Ford once said that as a boy, quote, I wanted to be a forest ranger or a coal man which are such similar jobs that it was clear he was totally cut out to be an actor. We will continue to explore Paula's future rangerhood when we come back. The Cat of the Week is Sabrina from San Mateo, California. It's just me, Paula Poundstone. I don't want to bring you down by reminding you of why we need to laugh, COVID, but we do. Laughter could be practically prescribed by a doctor, climate change. And there's something about the shared (laughs) emotional experience of being a part of an audience that makes the laughter that much more powerful. Kids, 99% of the time when someone types LOL, they're lying. You don't laugh out loud at stuff when you're alone. You acknowledge in your head that you think the thing you're seeing or hearing is funny. Depression. That's why television (laughs) shows use a laugh track. By the way, it was only recently that it dawned on me that the Flintstones couldn't have had a live audience. Loneliness. I'm not saying that I'm the only one who can provide this healing laughter, Trump. But I am saying (laughs) you need to get it somewhere. And it happens that I work in theaters all over the country. Nuclear war. Go to PaulaPoundstone.com and see when I'll be at a theater near you. Parallel parking. Learning to talk to Trump. to the former president can be difficult, but by practicing these suggested phrases in front of a mirror for just a few minutes a day, you'll be saying what you need to say to him with confidence in no time. Get a pen and a paper and write them down. Today's phrase is, if just saying something over and over again with no proof made it true, then two-thirds of the country would use Trump is gone as a mantra. <laughs> and we're back with Ranger Della Yurchik. Paul of Houndstone, you're halfway to Rangerhood. What else do you need? You know, I'm so excited, Ranger Della. I do have a question, though. I, I saw a picture of you uh, in your Ranger regalia. Um, uh, the hat. 
the hat seems unwieldy. Does it fall off? Like if you have to attend to, you know, somebody, I imagine you have to bend over a lot, lifting <laughs> people up on the side of the trail and the like. Well, the uh, the flat hat is a common uh, item that people expect us to be wearing and maybe in a vehicle. But when we're hiking on the trails and down in the canyon, we're just going to wear a baseball cap. So I don't tend to wear the flat hat too much. Oh, but I am so relieved. What's the flat hat for, really? <laughs> it, it's great shade. Oh, yeah, that would be good. But yeah. it just seems like it's like it's like being a British guard or some palace yes. guard. It just doesn't it doesn't seem uh, utilitarian. But the shade that's that, that Shade's it's important. better than the, the big fuzzy ones. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about what Paula needs to do to train. Does she need to train? Paula's not in terrible shape. But is there any physical requirement? I saw pictures online of uh, Ranger Della and she looks unbelievable. So is that? just from doing your job? Well, we do a lot of hiking for my job as a canyon ranger, so that does keep you in shape. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of hiking. And the downhill, I will tell you, is much worse than the uphill. So the downhill does beat you up a little bit, and the uphill is just a lot of cardio. Oh, the downhill because of your knees? Yeah, your knees and then all the braking. So you're trying to keep yourself from just going too fast and slapping yourself. So when you're hiking in, people tend to get very sore, hard on the knees, hard on the hips. And then hiking out, it's it's really cardio. It doesn't hurt the body. Um, I would think that a job wherein potato chips are a, are a helpful tool that <laughs> it would be like that it would be physically like the idea that you can eat chips to heal would suggest to me that it's quite a workout. Yeah, so we I ate some potato chips today. So yeah, we hike a lot oh, so man. you can eat a lot of chips. Yeah, I would love that part of the life. Um, <laughs> what's the what's the average uh, mileage of your hiking each day? Ooh, at, at least if I'm down at one of the ranger stations, maybe five or six miles. I, t- I try and do hikes every day, but we also do backcountry patrols, Paula. So you can come down in the canyon with me and we'll go out for a few days and we'll carry all of our gear on our backs and what? get some backcountry. Yeah. So a little tent, a sleeping bag. I love this idea. You do? Because um, this sounds like hell to me. <laughs> I do. And you know what's Same. perfect, Ranger Della, is... Um, I have like a little day pack I could carry and 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 you could have a big pack and uh, wait a minute. <laughs> Absolutely. No, the, no, Della, you land. can't do that. She has to carry her own weight. She has to carry her tent. She has to carry her food. Paula, you, you can't just have Ranger Della carry all your shit. No way. She's in better shape. She's I I don't. She's in much better shape than I am. Plus, in my bag is going to be the chips, and we don't want yeah. them to get crushed. That's so important. Um, <laughs> all right, how often do so you do So there's a re- regular backpacker and a chip bearer. <laughs> yeah, I'll be the chip bearer. I, that, that, yeah. Actually, that may be the harder job. Um, how often do you do rescues, and have, have you ever gotten hurt or stuck or lost? Well, in the summertime, we may do multiple rescues a day. Um, wow. Again, it's very hot, 115 degrees in the shade down at Phantom Ranch, and we're dealing with multiple calls, and we may have multiple medevacs where we use the helicopter to actually fi- fly folks out of the canyon um, to get them um, to definitive care. And, you know, I've gotten lost before on the North Rim driving around near Mount Trumbull in a vehicle, like, 
I took two left turns and I kept thinking if I took two right turns that it would make it up. But I just kept right. driving around Mount Trumbull for a long time. And Ranger Todd Seliga came and rescued me. But in the canyon, it's pretty uh, it's pretty easy to figure out where you are in the canyon. Oh, because it's kind of open, right? You can just yeah. look up. Yeah, and it's drainages to drainages, and so you can tell. And now they have the device as a GPS. You can double-check where you are. Yeah, it still doesn't help me. Um, I tend to get <laughs> lost a lot. I don't know if that's going to ruin my uh, – I'm not going to say that in – in my interview for the job. Is that going to ruin things for Paula? She can't, has no sense of direction? Oh, no. We'll take care of her. We'll make there sure we she go. knows where she's going. Wait, and now you're carrying her tent and helping her <laughs> and, and find her? Yes. What, what is she yes. doing besides carrying chips? I'm <laughs> loving this new job. <laughs> the chips cannot get broken. Are most of the rescues, um, like the dehydration that you were referring to or the lack of salt kind of thing? In the summertime, yes, it's um, and over just overuse. We also there's something called uh, rhabdomyolysis. Uh, people have muscle breakdown, and they just it's just too much exercise at one time for their body to be able to deal with it. And so we deal with a lot of medicals in the summertime that are predominantly heat related. Yeah, um, I saw a friend of mine went there. I think it was last winter, and she had a picture. Uh, she sent me a picture of the canyon uh, with s- snow on it, which I had never seen before. Oh my gosh, it was beautiful. In the winter time, are there rescues? There are. Um, we had, I think, a foot of snow over the last two days at Grand Canyon. So when I just hiked out, there was a ton of snow on the trail, but a lot less visitors than we get in the summertime. Okay, so I would have to take a physical fitness once a year, um, but hiking, that would put me in pretty good stead. Uh, and of course, I carry the chips. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm, I think I'm fairly good with people. I love them. Um, uh, let's see. What's the worst part of your job? For me so far, it would be the vomit. But what about for you? Um, Well, we have a great schedule where you work eight days on and we're off for six days. But one of the worst things was that is that I'm away from home. And so I'm not with my husband and he's home by himself. It's a great job, but I'm gone from home a lot. And a lot of the rangers that work at the South Rim of Grand Canyon, they go on calls a ton. They're out at night doing calls. And so they're away from home a ton. I think that can be the hardest part of the job. When you say they're out at night doing calls, you mean rescue calls? Yeah, rescues or um, any type of call. You know, in the South Rim, there's also the law enforcement rangers are also dealing with, you know, if there's a motor vehicle collision or there maybe there's a DUI. There's all different kinds of things that happen in the national parks. Now, the South Rim is the real busy part, right? It is very, very busy. A ton of folks. Today, there's been vehicles off-road all day long. And so the South Rim rangers have been out there helping people get out of the ditches throughout the day. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I took my kids there years ago. And I have a picture of them sitting on the edge, actually. And uh, I look at that now and I think to myself, well, if they had backed up just like an inch or so, they would have fallen off. Yes. (laughs) Is there no like there's no boundary? There's no like, you know, I always assume that everything is sort of, you know, crafted by mankind to have some sort of safety feature. But and certainly that's what I was thinking at the time. It wasn't until I looked at the picture later that I went, oh, my gosh, they were really right on the edge, weren't they? You know, the the Grand Canyon is 277 river miles long. So with the south and north rim, I mean, you have such a huge area, so it can't all be fenced. And occasionally people do do fall off um, into the canyon um, accidentally. Yes, it, uh, it, it does happen. Not not a common occurrence, but it does happen. 
I'm so glad that uh, <laughs> that it didn't happen to us. Yes. Uh, I mean, it, I wouldn't have gotten hurt. I had the camera. <laughs> I have a picture of me leaning over the, the, the perch, and I have a picture of me showing my cat the Grand Canyon. Show your cat the Grand Canyon? Oh. Had the cat scrambled out of my hands, uh, he'd have been in the middle of the biggest litter box on Earth. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that's one of the advertising slogans. Uh, biggest litter box on earth. <laughs> All right. So, what's the best part of your job? The best part of the job is getting to help people. Um, we get to meet people when they're having their worst day of their lives and they're struggling. They think they're never going to get out of the Grand Canyon. They're scared. They're sick. They're hurt. And we get to help people and make a difference. And they come back later and you meet them again and they tell you how how thankful they are and how much they appreciate it. And, and that is just uh, it's just an amazing part. Yeah, I don't imagine that's in any of the advertising literature either, where <laughs> come, come and have the worst day of your life. And after they've had the worst day of their life, they go back again to talk to you? Oh, yeah, they, they, they do. They come back and um, they learn how to do it better and smarter and get better and show that they want to bring their friends back. So, yeah, it, and it's nice. They come back and have a better experience. Have you ever had to help the same person twice? In, indeed, I have. Indeed. Um, I've asked them to promise not to come back. Yeah. Ooh, really? really? <laughs> Tell us about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, just, you know, when people are coming and doing the same things, it's very rare. But uh, you do see folks that come back and do the same things and they shouldn't be doing that. But most people do really well. So you you throw the you throw the chips into the helicopter and go, look, <laughs> go get those chips and don't come back here. So far, I love my new job. I think you'll make a great ranger. That was excellent, excellent stuff. But we're going to take what you've said right now and run that information through the old Pounstonator. Paula? House Ben Wesley David on the Wurlitzer Synthesizer. You are a magician with that magical box of instruments. Thank you so much for playing with us. And if I could ask you to play a little bit more, I could use some background music to tell you what the old Pouncedinator spit out. <laughs> National Park Ranger, Della Yurchik, thank you for educating us about your job. I can really picture myself doing it. I love people. I love the outdoors. There I'll be on my first day. Hiking in several miles to the station might screw me up a little. <sighs> Hello? It's Ranger Paula. Ranger Paula, yes, the new ranger. I'm going to be a few minutes late. The hike in was maybe a little more than I had anticipated. Yeah, I'll be there. Okay, thanks. I'll see you in a bit. Ah, shit. I was talking while I hiked, and I got myself a little disoriented. Wait, I, I, I think that's someone on the side of the trail up ahead. Hey, hey, can you tell me what rim I'm on? Ah, shit, he's vomiting. Oh. Hey, 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 buddy, I'm coming. I'm a ranger. Help is on the way. Oh, my God. That is so gross. Don't, don't worry. I'm here to help. I'll bet this is one of the worst days of your life. It's not one of my better days, either. 
I was hoping Ranger Della was exaggerating about people vomiting on the side of the trail. <laughs> Fortunately for you, I've been trained in emergency medicine. You either have hyponatremia or you're dehydrated. The good news is I have a canteen of water and a bag of potato chips, and I'm going to sit right over here and eat and drink and think about which one it might be. I would throw your arm over my shoulder and help you hike out of here, but I think I may have rhabdomyolysis, which is a complete breakdown of the muscles. I should recover here just a bit. Uh, you're not going to vomit again, are you? Jeez, that grosses me out. <laughs> Why don't we talk a little and try to distract ourselves from our rhabdos and our hypos? This is my first day. Yep, you'll be my first rescue. I used to be a stand-up comic and a podcaster. Paula Poundstone. Paula Poundstone. <laughs> it was called Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Oh, it should have been called Nobody Ever Heard of Paula Poundstone. That's a, that's a funny joke. Listen, I'm feeling better now, so I'll see you around. You want these last couple of chips? I'll bet you'll come back to the park to thank me someday. Now that you've learned about the career of being a national park ranger, could you do it? Adam, I'll be in Redwood City, California <laughs> at the Fox Theater on Saturday, February 4th, and in Poughkeepsie, New York at the Bardavon 1869 Opera House on Saturday, February 25th. For tickets or to see my tour schedule, go to paulapoundstone.com and click on tour. She's the 2022 National Park Service Harry Yount Award winner for excellence in the field of rangering, Della Yurchik, everybody. Yay! Della, that was fantastic. Yeah, that was wonderful. Della, I'm coming. Uh, oh my gosh, love to have you anytime, all of you. And nobody listens to Paula Poundstone road trip. I love that idea. <laughs> yes. oh my God. Let's totally do it. Let's broadcast from the South Rim. How great would that be? Oh, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Coming up, we've got some amazing facts about the 70s. Or do we? It's time for Potluck Info Party, the George Santos edition. When we come back. That sounded like or jewelry. All right. Just I'll, saying. I'll do it again. No. I don't think you need to do it again. I was just giving you a hard time. <laughs> oh. Oh, good. Good. Well, that's great. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Fun fact, from koala bears to car alarms, the lyre bird can mimic any sound it hears. At least, that's what it says. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Wesley David, our house band. Oh, not to be confused with David Wesley. He's dead to us. All right. Hey, everybody, you know what it's time for? It's the revamped for 2023 Potluck Info Party. How has it been revamped? This is Bonnie Burns' idea, so if it doesn't work, blame her. Um, <laughs> we're going to share info like we always do, but there's two variations. Number one, it's a themed potluck info party. And number two, the info that we're sharing might be false. 
I love a mystery. <laughs> yes, you do. So this is the 1970s edition with possible lies of Potluck Info Party, which we're calling the George Santos edition, named after everybody's favorite new congressperson. All right, everybody. Potluck Info Party, who shall go first? Well, the show's named after her. I say Paula Poundstone. Give us a fact or fiction about the 1970s. All right. Uh, Patrick Leahy, Vermont Senator Patrick Leahy, came to the Senate in 1974. Okay. I'm going to say that's false because senators are always sworn in after the year that they're elected. So if he was elected in 74, he didn't come to the Senate until 75. Oh, oh. Couldn't she change it to elected in 74? She could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she could, Bonnie. <laughs> But it might be false anyway, but that's that's why I'm saying false. Why don't you weigh in instead of trying to change the rules? <laughs> okay, what do you well, think, I think Julie should keep score. Okay. In case. One, okay. Again, that's Surprise. more rule fiddling. Yeah. Okay. Alan Arkin was a folk singer before. No, <laughs> you have to tell us. What's happening? What am I supposed to tell you? Well, you were supposed to tell me whether you oh, thought oh, okay. that Patrick Leahy came to the Senate in 1974. <laughs> I got it. Okay. Alan Arkin became a popular actor. No! No, oh, we're talking about Patrick Leahy. <laughs> oh, Do you think Paul is telling the truth or not? <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to agree with Adam because I think he knows more about this than I do. Oh, this is okay. This is such a bad dynamic. Tony? I'm going to okay. say true. There we go. I, you know what? I got it from the Internet. Uh, oh. um, it would have been the, the history, uh, you know, website, the, the one that's from the History Channel. It says he came to the Senate in 1974. Now, they may have meant he got elected then. Um, but I could I'm be wrong. Sure. Maybe they did I'm not sure that your premise is right anyways, because I don't know that he would. But there's things like special elections and things. So uh, they're not all seated in the same year. That's true. There, there are senators, if it's a special election, you're right. Otherwise, I think senators are always seated during odd-numbered years because they're always elected during even-numbered years. But Tony Nita Hall is probably Googling <laughs> Senator Patrick Leahy right I, now Tony, and could let us know. I think Tony's right and we're wrong, Adam. I'll die on this hill until proved otherwise. He'll die on this hill, but only after vomiting on the side of the trail. All right, to Tony, what are, you, what are you seeing there? It just says that he ran in 74 and won. And Wikipedia oh. says he served as senator from Vermont from 1975 uh, to 2023. Oh, there oh, you go. Okay. Say. All right. All right. Well, I mean, um, I think everyone's right. Because you're wrong. <laughs> I'm not wrong. <laughs> okay. Everyone's I, right. Fine. I hey, Bonnie, tell us about, surprise us with your factoid <laughs> about Alan Arkin being a folk singer. Yeah. Okay. Alan Arkin. Alan came, Arkin. He came to the Senate in 1985. Before he was an actor, Alan Arkin was a folk singer. Mm. Okay. I'm not going to go first on this one. I want to see what Tony is. <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> um, um, I'll say, yeah. I don't know. This seems possible. I get Alan. Isn't there an Adam Arkin? Yeah, I think you're Googling. You can't no, do that. I'm just trying to think. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to picture which one's which. Adam's his son. Okay, I didn't know that. But um, I'm gonna say it's he's a folk singer. No, false. I'm gonna. This is a tough one for me. 
Because I think what Bonnie's saying is true, but I can't imagine he was still a folk singer in the 70s. Okay, here's the connection. In the 70s, <laughs> he became famous as an actor. Yeah. But before that, he was a folk singer. So your your factoid okay. from the 70s is from before the 70s. <laughs> I have a yeah. connection. Yeah. <laughs> I have a connection. Conceptually, this has been hard for you. Am I right about that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have another one. I have another oh, one. Wow, you get to go twice? Okay. So wait, it was true. So it uh, was, yeah, was a, a folk singer. I think everyone yeah, is right. I, I, I think everyone's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, once again, okay. everyone's right. <laughs> okay, Leonard Nimoy played the starring role of Tevya in Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> in the 70s? What? In the 70s? <laughs> 70s. Yeah. I would say Where? the 70s was, it was all to- on Broadway or just somewhere else? I don't. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think it was at a dinner party at his house <laughs> on Broadway. On Broadway, the stage production of Fiddler on the Roof. Ah, uh, no. no, no. I'm gonna go with no on Broadway. I think that was all Topol on Broadway after Zero Mustel was blacklisted. I'm gonna say false. It's true. What? No. Wow. Yes. I'm fact checking this. No, come on. Okay, check it. It might not have been Broadway. I, it might have been the touring company. They, they, it might have been the touring company. Specific. No, have her Google it. It's true. And his parents spoke Yiddish, and it reminded him of his childhood. Yeah, he did play huh? it. Wow. Ha, 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 ha. I am surprised. That's a great factoid, Bonnie. No, I didn't Thank realize you. that. Huh. Yeah. I don't know. I just knew about the the. the Thank pointy. you. I'm taking a bow. There you go. Hey, Tony Anita Hull, give us your 70s factoid. Yeah. And Tony, try to make it something that happened in the 70s. On June 6th, 1974, just after 8 a.m. in Troy, Ohio, the first barcode ever was scanned. And it was a multi-pack of Wrigley's chewing gum. And they chose that. Uh, because they thought a barcode on a tiny pack of gum would be too hard for it to read. So that's why Wrigley's made the multi-pack. Would that be the year that Patrick Leahy came to the Senate? <laughs> uh, I don't think that's true. I don't think it's true either. This is what I think Tony did. I think she found the fact, but then she took it and put it at a different time because she's so specific and she thought she'd fool us. I'm going to believe her just because I think Tony Anita Hall should be believed. Aww. It's true. It's yes. true? <laughs> All right. Do, wait, do you have one, Adam? I do. I do. Two years after he had the top grossing movie of 1975, which was Jaws, Steven Spielberg had the top grossing movie of 1977 with Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Ooh, that's really splitting hairs. I think that's true. Ah. Paula goes with true. What year? 1977, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I'm going to say false. Okay. And Tony? I'm going to say false. Bonnie and Tony are right because (laughs) Close Encounters of the Third Kind was the second highest grossing movie of 1977 behind Star Wars. Oh. oh. Just to clarify, Leonard Nimoy was not on Broadway. Oh. He was in. Oh, it was a touring production a touring of the Broadway production. show. I didn't yeah. say Broadway. 
Yeah. I never did said it. Broadway. It was community theater at the local <laughs> high school. No, it, it was, was a not. touring company. It was B- a touring Bonnie, but company. to clarify <laughs> your statement, you just said, um, I never said Broadway? I never said Broadway. You did say Broadway. Let's roll back the record where Tony asked you, <laughs> was it Broadway? And you said, okay. yeah, on Broadway. On Broadway? Oh, yeah, yeah. I did at the end. Okay. Wait, <laughs> I have another right. one. He, he wrote that, that autobiography, I, I Am Not Tevya. <laughs> the 1970s featured the only U.S. president who was never elected to the White House as president or vice president. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Of the United States? <laughs> yes, of the United States. Uh, Paula <laughs> says, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the problem is, was he the only one ever to have that experience? I yeah. think so. I'm not certain, but I think so. I think, yeah, too. But I say true. That's true. Gerald Ford was not elected vice president or president. He was appointed by... Nixon after Spiro Agnew resigned. That's interesting. Okay, in 1975, Pet Rock inventor Gary Dahl made 15 million. I'm going to go true on that one. Huh. I think it's true. True. It is true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in 1976, a woman named Bunny Crookshanks. Okay, I think we're done here. Made a million dollars. You're just reading us facts about the 70s. Pet Rock's funerals. Not true. Tony? Not true. Tony's Googling right no, now. I saw it. No, I saw I'm you thinking. Googling. I, I saw was, I was Google. I got scared that I only brought one fact. So I was looking up more. Oh, so you were doing some more homework for <laughs> <were> you? <laughs> We don't need Miss Nancy here. What we need to do is end the segment. Wait, what did you two say? They both said false. False. Why would you tell her that? (laughs) Julie's always colluding with Tony. (laughs) All right. uh, She uh, is. Tony, is it true or false? False. Yeah, that's true. Okay. (laughs) Meryl Streep auditioned. No, No, I'm Uh, I'm pulling the plug on this. No, No. I'm interested. I'm curious. Meryl Streep auditioned. For the King Kong movie uh, released in 1976, and Dino De Laurentiis called her an ugly thing. True. Uh, that's true. Actually, I think I know this. It's true. Yeah, it is true. <laughs> <laughs> not that she's an ugly thing. That's not true. Dino De Laurentiis was incorrect. Well, he's an ass. Hey, Julie, what's the score? Tony's in the lead with seven. Adam is in second place with six. Bonnie is in third place with five. And Paula only has three. The person who brought the least to the table (laughs) ended up winning. So congratulations to Tony Anita Hall, who got to answer all those questions. No, no, it was one or two. Is that true or false, what you just said? (laughs) It's absolutely false. I want to thank champion Tony Anita Hall for doing the least she could do. 
Excellent. We take to the end of Potluck Info Party, the 1970s edition, the George Santos edition. You're welcome, everybody. Send your thanks to Bonnie Burns. You can reach her at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com, or you can send us any other comments or questions you might have. Hey, Paula Poundstone, what's going on in your Poundstone product empire this week? Adam, if listeners go to the shop at paulapoundstone.com, they'll find all sorts of paulaphernalia, including concert CDs or audio downloads of I Heart Jokes, Paula Tells Them in Boston, and I Heart Jokes, Paula Tells Them in Maine. You can also get autographed copies of my book, The Totally Unscientific Study of the Search for Human Happiness, about which Lily Tomlin said, I laughed, I cried, I got another cat. <laughs> and if you go back into our archives, we have had Lily Tomlin on this very show. And that's just a way of reminding you guys to go back into our archives and listen to this very show. We can be found at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods and leave us a review. That'd be helpful. Yes, yes, yes. All right, everybody. That's our show. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam the Felber. Special thanks to our guest, Ranger Della Yurchik. She was great. And thanks to our house band, Wesley David. Our show is produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezevnik, and Julie Berkobian. Edited by Vic Lowry. Starburns production by Land Romo. Transcription services for the show provided by Transcribe Me, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? Adam. Yeah. Adam, I think what you just said is true. <laughs> what, you mean the, the credits that I read? Yeah, that uh, the show is produced by Paul Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lizepnik, and Julie Bracobi, and I think that's true. It's um, not. It, it wasn't in the 70s, though. Yeah, well, Paula, we stopped playing that game. Oh, I do better with stronger parameters. No one said we're done. Yeah, no, I, yeah. in fact, said we were done. I, I yeah. brought it to a close in a, in a formal fashion. I said that's the Did end you? of, you know, this, yeah. Oh, but I thought that was false. No, it was true. Yeah, I thought it was, I, I thought it was false. Well, if it um, was okay. false, then we're still playing. Okay, here's one for you. Tony is never prepared to or false. <laughs> That's false because it didn't happen in the 1970s. It wasn't 70s edition. It was just a true or false grab bag? Yeah. Okay. Then yeah. Not. Um, yeah. Bonnie never told me anything about callbacks. What do you mean? Earlier when she said she like reads a lot about marketing and that she tried to tell me about callbacks and that I didn't, oh. you know, that I had a hard time. She never told me anything about callbacks. What she told me about was the call to action. Oh. <laughs> call to action. She was confusing call to action with callbacks. No, yeah, I, I wasn't. Uh, Bonnie, you're, <laughs> not, you're here. not here. You're not here. <laughs> well, she gets confused, Paula. She sometimes no, forgets I don't. that she's not in. You, she, Bonnie, she, you're not she often, here. You're not here. She often forgets she's not part of Dakota here. Yeah, she's always trying to insinuate herself into this part at the end that we do. The, the code. No, but a call to action. Uh, no, Bonnie. A Bonnie, call Bonnie, to you're action. Not, okay, this, this, next this, show this. I'm going to explain it. No, it's... A, <laughs> Nobody no. needs you to explain a call to action, Bonnie. Everybody knows what a call to action is. 
Okay, you need to put it at the end after you've said your whole thing. They well, don't go s- see Paul McCartney at the blah, 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 and then don't say anything. At the end, they go, and tickets are available, you know, Paul McCartney oh. at the forum. Yeah. Tickets are available, blah, blah, blah. You want okay. the call to Let action yeah. of okay. why yeah. you're doing this. We get thing. that. Yeah. I see. We get okay. that. Okay. Yeah. okay, like they're going to advertise Paul McCartney is <laughs> somewhere, and there are people who aren't going to go because they said the date first instead of the arena. I saw him one time, uh, and the place was practically empty. Because there was no call to action? <laughs> yeah. Because there was a the radio ad was just like Paul McCartney is going to be at the forum, and nobody said so. You should buy your tickets, and and exactly. without that call to action, yeah. nobody showed. Yeah. People just, you know, yeah. yeah. So it was like it was so embarrassing because I had a seat way in the back. They recorded yeah. a live album, and he keeps saying things like, "Oh, I was hoping there'd be more people here." Yeah, <laughs> and it was very echoey. So he really was. Oh, 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 oh. Boy, your Paul McCartney is almost yeah. as good as your Ben Franklin. Spot on, right? <laughs> I don't do a Ben Franklin. I don't do a Ben Franklin. What are you talking about? Oh, oh, my mistake. Yeah, you couldn't do him because he was here in the room with me. Yeah, the ghost. Yeah, the ghost. Star Avenue, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.